Praise the Lord. Well, I want you to open your Bible with me in Isaiah chapter 9. We've just been looking as we come to this Christmas season. Uh, just We looked at the name of Jesus. Well, the first one we looked at was, His name shall be called Jesus, for He will save His people. Save to rescue, deliver, heal. So what's in a name? You know, if I said the name Chris Angel, some of you go, ooh. Because you've probably seen him on TV and you have the word mind freak alongside that. You know? So with a name, there's always something associated with it. In the Bible, the names always had uh, a meaning related to the person, what they were like, had to do with their character, had to do with often their call, their destiny, or the work they would do. Jesus was called Jesus. Why? Because every time you spoke to him and called his name, you would say, Jesus. Now, of course, we just know the name Jesus, but you are actually saying, save you, one who heals, one who restores. That's who I'm talking with. My Savior, my one who heals, restores, delivers, rescues me. And we saw his name was called Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Every time you saw Jesus, what are you saying? God with us. God with us. His name's called Emmanuel. Now, there's many names for God, and every one of those names is a name which expresses what he's like. So, if we just say the word God, well, all over the world, people say God. I found an interesting thing when I was a very young Christian. Uh, lots of people use the word God, even though they don't even know him. But when you say the word Jesus, it unsettles people. So people don't mind saying, well, you know, God bless you. Or may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you. And I found people can talk about God, but they don't talk about Jesus. There's something about that name. The only name I know is that's used as a swear name. Think about that. An object of cursing and reviling. So it's important that we honor that name and lift up his name. I want to open up in Isaiah 9. I want to share with you another name. And this is another name he's known by. This is a great name. He shall be called Prince of Peace. Well, let's have a look at it. Here it is, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. So it's referring to the birth of Christ. To unto us a son is given. Notice this. And the government shall be his honored shoulders. And his name shall be called. Well, now we've got a whole heap of them. I could be gone for a month. Wonderful. So when you talk to him, you call him wonderful. When you talk to him, you call him counselor. When you talk to Jesus, call him mighty God. Wow. Everlasting Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Here it is, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I won't go into that too much, but notice this. Two things. It says the thing that won't end is the increase of it. So that talks about an eternity where the kingdom of God is expanding and the creativity of God continues to unfold. Otherwise, you can't have increasing government. You come to an end one point. Increase forever and ever and ever. But I want you to notice this, that it says of the increase of his government and peace. So he is called Prince of Peace. He is called literally the one means literally the, the ruler over, the one who has dominion over, the one who reigns over peace. Now, I reckon if you want to get peace in your life and peace in your heart, then you want to go to the one who has dominion over it, rule over it, and can make it happen. He is the Prince of Peace. word peace in the Bible means shalom. And it's more than just peace, feeling good, feeling quiet, no rows, sitting there in your hammock. It's not that so much. It's, it means prosperity, to do well in your relationships, 
So he is the supreme ruler, the one empowered to bring peace, prosperity, and flow in relationships. That's who he is. So when you call him Prince of Peace, he is the source of what you and I need, peace in our heart. Peace in our heart. That's the thing people have trouble with. People don't have any peace. And when people don't have any peace, they live afraid or they live anxious. How many people do you know that are uptight? That means they have no peace. See, to be peaceful means to be in harmony, to be at rest, to be without struggle, strife, or conflict. So he is the Prince of Peace, the one who brings our life to a place where we are in harmony, at rest, without conflict, without striving. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We hadn't thought of that, had you? Perhaps you think of the baby in the manger, but this is who he is. The Prince of Peace. And he has, our gospel is called, a gospel of peace. So well, how come there's so many battles started around the gospel? Well, that's a good question. Well, answer that take too long. So we'll just go somewhere else. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. Here's, it's very, very simple. It's actually incredibly simple. Peace is a spiritual issue. Therefore, it's internal before it's external. And if peace is a spiritual issue, it will require a spiritual answer. Huh? And so you cannot have peace unless you face the source of conflict, confront it, and bring it to a place where it's no longer a problem. So the gospel then challenges at the very core the root issue of why people have no peace. Because if it doesn't challenge it, it can bring no solution. So the gospel is a gospel of love. It's also a gospel of peace. But you cannot have peace unless you confront the root spiritual issue that creates the conflict. Hence, Jesus' ministry has and is and will be controversial. Because the moment you put your finger on what the real problem is, you come into conflict with whatever controls that problem and is manipulating it behind the scenes. Now, I want you to have a look at this. I want you to notice here in this verse, it says, it says, uh, I'll find it in a moment, there it is, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, you notice two words that are connected together. What are the two words? They are government and peace. So let me say it real simple. You can't get peace without the government of God. Think about that. You cannot have peace where the order that God has established has and is being violated. That is what causes the problem. The solution is to bring it back into alignment with the Creator the way it was supposed to operate. So notice you'll always find a connection. If you want peace, you've got to realize it's a spiritual problem. It's in you, not outside you, firstly. Secondly, getting peace requires personal alignment with God's order, God's kingdom, and with the King Himself. So peace can only come when I connect to the one who is 
the Prince of Peace, the ruler of peace, and when I'm connected to him, he can show me how to bring order in my life so I live at peace. Well, that's it. Pretty simple, isn't it, eh? And uh, it's not very hard. And so in Romans, so peace is connected to the government of God. You cannot have peace without the government of God and without the king. The king and the kingdom are vital for peace. And so in Romans 14, verse 17, it says, notice the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Notice now they put three things together with the kingdom. The kingdom, that is where the king is, where Jesus Christ is welcomed, received, and we allow him to direct our life. We align with him. That is the kingdom. And when that kingdom manifests in our life, the natural consequence are three things. One, righteousness. Our lives are in divine order instead of crooked, twisted, flowing in iniquity and all kinds of perversions. And when our life is right with God, the natural overflow then is peace. I'm at rest. I have rest in my inner man. And then, of course, we're happy. Joy. Join the Holy Ghost. But you see, sometimes we want the joy of the Holy Ghost without the peace and the righteousness. And it's getting right with God that makes room for peace to come. So we want peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. You say, well, I thought he was the Prince of Peace. Yeah, no, he came to speak directly into the issues that create the problems in men's hearts that cause no peace. He came to speak into the problems that create wars. How come there's wars among you? Well, you're not at peace inside. There's lusts and drives and strives. There's no rest. So you fight to get what you want. You just take that from a personal level up to a family level, to a community level, to a national level, international level, and you've got the core of the problem. And spirit powers, a kingdom of darkness, rules through wrong thinking, wrong alignment, disconnection from God, to ensure that hostility continues. So every, I mean, I've been, people have been around a while, have all heard about all the efforts to make peace in Jerusalem. Forget it, it's not going to happen that way. It can't happen that way. How can it? They're not addressing the issue. The issue is a spiritual one. It has to have a spiritual solution. There's no negotiation can fix it. And so just when they think they've fixed it, it blows up. Just when they think there's peace, there's war. Just when everyone thought it was right, it suddenly blows up again. Why? Because they negotiated a truce but never resolved the hostility. And that's where the difficulty comes. So peace is connected to the government of God. Next thing is peace is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit ruling and flowing in our life. In Galatians 5.22, now the fruit of the Spirit is love, okay, joy, there it is again, and peace. So peace is something that grows and cultivates in our life as a consequence of being aligned with God, connected to Jesus Christ, and His Spirit governing in our life. And what does that mean to govern in our life? In the way I think, in my emotions, in my way I respond to life, and then this peace comes inside. Peace with God, peace with myself, and then peace with the world. Does that mean everything around us right? Not at all. In fact, actually, it's not going to be right until the kingdom of God comes in its full power and glory. Until the glory of the Lord fills the earth, it ain't going to be right. Going to be full of wars and hostility. And then after a thousand years of peace, it'll all break out again. 
just to demonstrate beyond any possible doubt that the problem always has and always is in the heart of man. Isn't that interesting? Even after a thousand years of peace, Christ ruling on the earth, a thousand years of peace, not a war anywhere, there breaks out a massive war at the end of it because the issue's in the heart of man wrestling with the government of God and with God Himself. So when we start to look at life and conflicts and, and, and the issue of peace, now we begin to see the different path we're called to operate. And I want to just show you a few things about this because uh, we've got to deal with how people tried it. Now, the, so the root problem is sin. Uh, and uh, in Isaiah 57, it tells us that. It says something about the wicked. It says, look at the wicked. The wicked. Well, of course, the moment I say that, you think that's not me. And uh, the wicked are like the troubled sea. It can't rest. Its waters cast up mire and dirt, and there's no peace to the wicked. Now, notice what's saying that. People whose lives are out of order with God, people who've got sin in their life, it says like a sea. Never seen a sea when it's really in a storm? Notice how muddy it gets. It just picks everything up and gathers it all up, and it gets that dirty brown look. He says, well, that's what it's like in people. When our life isn't right with God, then we're like a, a, there's, a, there's a restlessness, a struggle, and we feel dissatisfied, and we're fighting and contending. We don't even know what we're fighting and contending about. We blame someone because now I've got someone to blame for why I feel like I do. But actually, it's an internal thing a lot of the time that has external manifestations. And so no peace, no peace. So it's one thing you can be sure is people in our community don't have peace, and they want peace. Now, a person who's at peace, interesting, whatever's inside you is going to manifest. So if, you're, if your soul is in turmoil of, say, anxiety, you know anxiety is a spiritual thing, it can be felt. Have you ever been around an uptight person? You can feel. I don't know how you feel it, you just feel it. You feel, boy, better watch out. That person's so uptight, they're sucking all the oxygen out of the air. I can hardly breathe. You just want to do something crazy to get them upset. So, so anxiety. The Bible says the world's full of anxiety. People worry about money, worry about today, worry about tomorrow, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to do, having a house, going to pay this bill. People worry, 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 worry. They're stressed out and they get sick and they break all kinds of problems. And we have the answer. The answer is a person. So, well, I want to have peace. All right, then, well, you'll probably try and get it in certain ways. But God's answer is a person. We want, well, can you fix up my problem? No, I'm going to give you a person. He's called the Prince of Peace. When you got him, you got the peace. When you got the peace, he'll sort out the life, and it'll have more peace. There'll be an increase of his government and peace in your life. But they're connected. As his government increases, your peace increases. If you're not at peace, there's a need for the government of God to grow in your life. It's quite simple, isn't it? means I need to repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay then, now, the people are seeking for peace. Now, of course, there's a number of ways you can go about getting peace. Now, there's what's called a false peace. Everyone feels nice, but you can, everyone's nice. But underneath, <laughs> you can feel it. Yeah, David said it. He said there was, they spoke nice words, but there was war in their heart. I could feel it. I felt that murderous spirit because we are ministers of the Spirit watching our hearts. So you get someone who's full of anxiety, pretty soon they'll get people so anxious and uptight all around, everyone gets on edge because they have ministered anxiety. But Jesus said we're to minister peace. We're to walk with God in such a way and carry our life and order our life that peace 
flows to people. That when you come, Jesus said, when you go into a house, speak and release peace into it. Now, he's not saying a nice way, well, peace be with you. It's nothing like that, you know. No religious thing. He said, no, release spiritual peace into the home. And he says, if they don't respond, take it back out of the home again. How about that? They won't receive you, then just withdraw the peace. Let them have the fruit of their way. Oh, you're thinking deeply about peace, I can see, Prince of Peace. Well, we sang that song, you know, you know, until uh, the child is well done to give it. We sing a nice song. This is what it is. It's about the facing, uh, the, the recourse. So these are the ways that people try and handle their conflicts because most people got the problems outside them and the problems inside them. Got them in both places, but miserable. So the first one is deny it. No, there's no problem. I'll make some new friends. <laughs> uh, see, no problem. First way of strategy is denial, uh, uh, denial, and I just don't want to face it. <laughs> And there are lots of ways you can do that. You can become very spiritual. Well, I feel on the God and blah, blah, blah. You know, but you know, at the end, it's got to come down. You've got to solve it. And uh, the second one is people try and control it. So now control the world. And so we'll have everything around us controlled, the events, the people, everything. And of course, the person who needs to do that and is at no peace, they've got to know everything. And they have to control everything and everyone. Why? Because they're not at peace. If you're at peace, you don't have to control because someone else is running the kingdom. But if he's not running the kingdom, and it's your kingdom, boy, you need to stress out. There's a lot of problems out there. A lot of bad things could happen. I'd be stressed if I were you. Another one is you can negotiate a truce. That's what people do. So a truce means we've, just, we've all got our guns, but we've just not brought them out. I'm watching. The moment anything looks like, oh, bo, 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 we're out like that. Now Dave showed a great clip at Pakistan and India. Pakistan and India are at, at peace with one another. No, actually, they have a truce. They have a truce. And so when you looked at the changing of the guard, I looked it up on the internet as well, the changing of the guard between one and the other. Now, it's just a changing of a guard right on the boundary. So Indians on one side, Pakistan on the other. But the way they do it, ha, 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 you know, and, and it's all so aggressive that no matter what anyone says, there's no peace. All it takes is someone to do something wrong, and then the guns are out straight away. See? So that's truth. People live like that. A lot of Christians live that way. And, uh, and of course, the other way, we need a spiritual solution, so we'll meditate. And we'll go deeper, 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 deeper. And we'll engage demons to help us until we've lost the plot. And then the demons are now controlling our life. So it's another way. And then there's another one. Now, this is the common one that the Christians use. Christians have two favorite remedies. One is more meetings and busyness. Busy, 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 busy. Oh, I'm serving the Lord, serving the Lord. You seem to be very stressed. Jesus said, my burden is, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Oh, whose yoke have you got on you? Whose burden have you got on you? You seem so stressed out about it all. My yoke and, 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 and the drivenness. Why, what is all of that? Because peace means no drive, drivenness and no striving. So, so that's one way. Here's the other one. The other way, the most common and the most favorite of all, are chemical solutions. Chemical solutions. Now, God has constructed the body that when our mind, heart, and soul are at peace, there's a balance of hormones and chemicals, and particularly serotonin, which keeps your body, you feel good. Serotonin's a part of your brain. You feel good. So when some of that's released, you feel good. Have a bit of chocolate. Oh. Whoa, that was good. 
have some more. Now, so, so what happens is when stress comes in our life and we're not at peace, our body chemistry alters. Did you know that? Why does your body chemistry alter? Well, thank God it's a God-given design to warn you that you're not at peace. It's a warning. So you don't feel right, don't feel good, feel trouble. So what do we do? I need a smoke. I need a smoke. I'm dying for a smoke. <sighs> feel better. So that's what people do. Good Christians. Trouble is afterwards they feel a bit guilty about it, so they had to do it around the back. They didn't do it anywhere anyone see them. Especially if you're a leader. <laughs> Especially if you're a leader. It's just about going back to school and smoking behind the, the shed, the bike shed, isn't it? It's about that kind of deal. It's that same sort of feeling associated with it. Guilt and shame and don't let anyone catch me kind of deal. The thought that God's watching doesn't seem to come into it. Because, oh, I feel good. See? See? Or for others, it's sipping. Oh, oh man, I need a drink. Give me a drink, someone. Need a drink. Oh, that's better. Oh, I need a relax. Just one to relax. I have another one. I'm feeling much better already. I have another couple, I think. That's what I feel. Wow. Oh, yeah, no problems. Feeling much better. And so, of course, so, that's, and so what has gone on? What is going on here? What is happening is you are chemically shifting the body to overcome the imbalance created by being out of order inside. And that's what you're doing. So of course it feels good because you're putting a chemical sedative in to alter your body chemistry so you don't have to look at the pain and don't have to look at the problem. And for others, well, there'll be sex, there'll be drugs, every kind of thing that you're into. Uh, romance knowledge, oh, I've a romance novel. Uh, some kind of, you know, danger, desperate housewife. You've got to watch, you've got to watch, you've got to watch. I can't miss it. By, don't come around or ring me. If I'm not, I'm not a desperate housewife. I think I'm turning into one. You know, <laughs> well, it could be science fiction, Doctor Who. Who? <laughs> so all of these things, of course, what they do is chemicals alter your body chemistry, but they do not address the problem. And here's so someone says, "Is it is it okay to smoke or not to smoke?" What do you say? I said, "I think you're asking the wrong question." I said, "The Bible doesn't say anything about smoking. That's the problem. It doesn't say much about drinking. I said a little bit about it." talks about the problems with it and gives some examples of people who blew their life out, but it doesn't say a lot about it. The problem is this. The problem is you're using a chemical substitute to solve a spiritual problem. Why don't you deal with the problem? Why don't you bring your life into divine government? Because here's the issues that will take place. Number one, your health will suffer. Your health suffers. And number two, it costs you a lot of money. Is God, are you a steward of God's money or is this your money? You ever ask God how he thinks about his money being burnt up in smoke while someone on the other side of the world is crying out in need? Just a thought. And uh, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> oh, you're stressing me. I need a smoke. You know, you add it up. I, I counted someone added up. So I don't even know how much they cost now, but I added it all up. I said, This is a thousand bucks this year. What could you think of the holiday you could have with a thousand dollars? We could support all these pastors overseas for a thousand dollars, and they instead of you know dying on the field, now they'll eat. 
No, he's just thinking. Just, just thinking about it. Anyway, so, of course, one, so one of it is it doesn't solve the problem. Two, it does create addiction. And, uh, and three, it puts shame around your life. Four, it costs you, costs you money. And the thing is, it doesn't address anything. It just makes you feel good. And we live in a generation that wants to feel good. The whole generation switching on to feeling good. That's why it gets into the drugs. And once you've had a hit, you're done. That's the danger in P. P is a psychological thing, because when you take a shot of P the first time, it downloads all the serotonin from your brain straight through your body. You've got nothing left up there. Now, here's the problem. You can't get it back for two years. So you have the hit of your life. It's like, you know, it doesn't sexual experiences and everything else good all wrapped up in one. But the problem is now you want it again, and you can't get it again because you've drained the tank of serotonin. So now you're in a big problem because your body can't reduce it. So now you need a hit. That's why it gets so addictive. It needs the power of God because spirits come around it. And of course, others, well, we use kind of medicines and food. Some use food. <laughs> we come out, there's a, there's a new strategy. It's called when you've when you're, when you're got a problem, flight and bite. <laughs> First you run away, then you eat. Then you feel better. It's a very good strategy, isn't it? Trouble is you put on weight. Everyone can see that part of it. Okay, so anyway, better get out of that and just go on. So there's the... So... so I don't know how many are medicating their issues. It's probably the person next to you. Just while I continue to preach, just go. You'll smell nicotine at six for their clothes. <laughs> they can't smell it, but if you don't smoke, you can. <laughs> there we go, you've got it. So, of course, the problem with getting onto all of these things is it opens the door to sorcery, spirits of bondage coming around your life. That's the big problem. So the answer is a person. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He's the one we need. He's still the answer you need. You say, oh, I don't understand my good answer. A smoke's an easier answer. Yeah, but it'll cost you something, mate. But this, the answer Jesus gives deals with the root issue. And people struggle to deal with root issues. That's in Ephesians 2 verse 14 it says, He is our peace. He has broken down the wall of hostility that was between God and man when he went to the cross. The problem is we're hostile to God. We're at enmity with God. Our thinking is wrong. Our lifestyle's wrong. We get disconnected from God. Jesus came to totally destroy the power of sin Everything that could stop us connecting with peace and the kingdom and governance of God. Jesus came to break its power. That's what he came. He demonstrated it. In the midst of conflict, he was at peace. He's sleeping in the middle of a boat in the middle of a storm. Probably an intercessory prayer and in the spirit. But he was at peace. Everyone around him in turmoil, he's at peace. Um, soldiers come, he's at peace. People watching him trying to find fault all the time, he's at peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Whatever situation, whatever stress, he is able to bring governance on the inside. We have situations happen outside, they stir up what's unresolved inside, our lack of peace with God or our lack of peace with ourselves or unresolved issues, conflicts that we've never faced, and we have areas like rooms in the heart where there is pain. That's why no peace. And the answer is not to medicate it, deny it, avoid it, resist it. The answer is to walk with Jesus Christ and allow His governance to increase, 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 day by day, week by week, year by year. And if you've noticed, how many noticed that God was dealing with something in your life this year He didn't say much about in other years? 
How many found something like that? Because it's called the increase of his government, so your peace can increase, and your ability to bring that peace and governance elsewhere is going to grow. So God wants to bring us to peace inside us. We have a favorite way and say the problem is outside us. No, the catalyst is outside you. The circumstances are outside you. But Jesus said, the peace, I give you a peace, not like the world gives. Well, how does the world give you peace? Simple. You leave town, get on a plane, go to the beach, you lie down on the beach, and you stay there. And you turn the cell phone off, and you're at peace. Wonderful. Till the week's up, and then you come home. Now you're at war again. Your problems are still haven't gone away at all. So the world's way of dealing with peace is to cover up, minimize it. It's really to actually resolve it at a spiritual level, a heart level, and to bring you reconciled to God. So what creates hostility is broken down and we're reconciled. Then there's peace. And then to reconcile us with ourselves, where we're broken, damaged, got issues, we need to bring those to God as well so he can deal with those as well. Romans 5 verse 2, it says, Therefore being justified, put right with God, how do I get that? How can I get that peace? And why are so many Christians taking sedatives and sleeping pills and drinking? Why? Because they don't have peace. And Jesus is where the answer is found. Now, I'm not against doctors. I mean, wonderful, they can help. But the thing is that Jesus wants to come and to deal with the root causes of our problems. And so he is, he is the prince of peace. So how can you get that peace within? Because Jesus said, the peace I give you, I give it to you. So it's something that's spiritually imparted that you receive. It's in you. It's in your heart. It's with a person. When you have the person, you are at peace. You imagine like you're on a playground. You've got all these kids around you bullying you. And of course, you're stressed out, uptight, don't want to go to school, anxious, not sleeping well at night, you know, I don't want to go to school tonight, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on, because there's bullies out there, you know. But imagine now, if you had a huge big brother, and he just walked around with you all day. Anyone starts to bully you? Brother, big brother's there. He'll get you. Now, your, your, your disposition would change considerably you'd feel a lot safer, a lot better. Why, why do you feel safer? Not because the others have changed, just you're at peace now because you know you've got an answer to it. It's an internal thing. So what can we do? Let me just give you simple, practical things that you could do. We'll just finish with this now. And uh, I just throw them out. One, two, three, just things that you can simply apply. Just give them to you very simply. I think number one, number one, there must be a decision to forsake sin and enter into relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the real cause of the problem. It always has been, it still is, it will be, until sin is finally dealt with when our bodies change, we're in a place of glory. But right now, we wrestle, and we wrestle against the flesh, we wrestle against sinful tendencies, sin is the problem, and Jesus is the answer, because he reconciled us to the Father, so we can come to him, and when he comes into our heart, and there's forgiveness of sin, we can come to rest. The second thing is, we need to practice fixing our mind upon the Lord. Most of us fix our mind on the problems. The Bible says in, in Isaiah, uh, I think it says in Isaiah, it says, you will keep him. God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind remains fixed on him. So mostly we worry a lot about the problems. We spend a lot of time worrying about things we can't do anything about. But when we fix our mind on the Lord, he's, Lord, you're my source. You're the one who's with me. Lord, I'm not alone. Whatever's happening around me, thank you, Lord. As you fix your mind, and that's a fixing your mind, 
Those, you'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on the Lord. There's a need to fix our attention and become conscious that God is with us. God's with you, you come to peace and you come to rest. We need to practice letting go the cares we have because everyone gets uptight, everyone gets angry, yeah, things you don't know our answers to. There's uncertainties everywhere. But in the midst of uncertainty, there are some things will never change. And that is he cares for you. And so the Bible says, aggressively cast your cares on him because he cares for you. If you've got something worrying you, it'll come up when you try and pray. It'll torment your mind. Spirits get behind it. Throw those things on the Lord. Just picture them going to him and him picking them up and taking them away from you. And stand there and Jesus has the problem and you don't have the problem. And as you walk out, walk out knowing Jesus has got that in his hands. I think another way that we can face some of these things and handle them is, is by having gratitude. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't be anxious about everything, but everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will keep your heart. So for peace to keep our heart, I have to talk to God about what I'm uptight about, what I'm concerned about, and thank Him. Thank Him for His past things, thank Him for His present things, thank Him for the things that we do, because thanksgiving magnifies and makes Him bigger than the problem. When, when you've got a problem and you fix your mind on it, it gets bigger and bigger. Whoa, 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 it's got so big. I sat down with one person and they said, oh, my life is a mess. I said, I doubt it. But I think probably one or two areas are. So we just drew a circle on the paper, a whole lot of circles, and identified all of the areas of their life. And I said, which ones you got the problem? And he saw these two. So there it is, just two, but it feels like it's everywhere. Just like when you stubbed your toe. It feels like your whole body's going to die. It's just your toe. He said, so address the problem. Address it properly. In Philippians 4, it says, now whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are good, pure, holy, just, true, of good report, think on these things. It says, and the peace of God be with you. But you have to choose what you think on. So if you're thinking on troubles and difficulties, thinking on lacks, and thinking on poverty, scarcity, thinking on that mean person, Go on, keep thinking on them. Get yourself wound up in a state. Then come along, we'll buy a bottle of booze. That's the only answer, unless you actually choose God's way. The problem is a lack of God governing your life. The problem is there. It's about God's governance in our life, bringing peace through which we can influence others. So you've got to choose where you set your mind. We've got to choose when someone's done something and something's gone wrong. So we've got to choose our mind will be fixed on the good and not overwhelmed by the evil because we can overcome evil with good, but you can't overcome good uh, evil with evil. We to fix our mind. It's quite a discipline to do that. And do we need to go to the person? Yes, we do. We need to talk it out. So meditating in Psalm 119.65. Here's a promise. He says, great peace of those who love your word. Nothing will offend them. How about that? So if I find someone offended, got a problem in loving the Word of God. My, my Bible says nothing will offend them when they love the Word of God and are aligned with the kingdom of God. Are you an offended person, easily offended? You've probably got a wound inside that needs healing and you've probably got ways of responding that are ungodly and that is the problem. All that happened was someone brought a problem up for you to see what you like. Now you see it. What will you do? The Prince of Peace. They will call his name Prince of Peace. I think it also involves promptly recognizing when we're out of peace and out of sorts and dealing with it. Colossians 3.15 says, 
Let peace, God's peace, be an umpire in your heart. So the moment you feel a lack of peace, stop. What is the problem? What has happened? What is going on? Jesus, what, what, just talk to me, Lord. I'm going to talk. I'm going to connect with you. What is going on? I feel I've lost the peace. Something is happening inside my heart. What is it I need to face? How do you want me to respond? As we let him govern us in our mind, emotions, and, and the way we respond, his peace begins to flow. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? We thank you, Lord, Prince of Peace. Father, I know that there are many people right through this congregation today who have a turmoil somewhere and there's no peace there outside them. But I declare peace to you. Peace to you today. The peace of God come into your heart. The peace of God come into your life today. I just speak to every tormenting spirit and I break your power and command you to release that person right now. And I speak peace into your heart and life and circumstances. Perhaps there's someone here today and you're, you've never come to receive Jesus Christ into your heart and life, never made a commitment to become a Christian. Well, you've found peace perhaps in some other places. But if you're honest, you'll know there's no lasting peace. As you get nearer your deathbed, of course, it becomes more so because then, well, where do I go? And what happens? And what about my future? And what did I really do with my life? But you know, there's great peace in knowing that we have an eternal destiny and that we're right with God. If you were to die tonight, would you be right with God? Would you be at peace with God? If you're not, please do something about it right now. Respond to Jesus Christ. To everyone who received him, he gave power to be a child of God. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, why don't you make that decision today? For unto us, son is born, but a child is given. His name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of a government and peace, there shall be no end. That's what God offers you. But you need to make a response. If you're here today and that's where you are, why don't you just raise your hand and say, I want to become a Christian, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand quickly. Any person here today, right at that point of decision, just raise your hand right now. Any point, person, right at that point of wanting to receive Jesus, please just raise your hand so I can see wonder just while our eyes are closed and heads about there are people here today and as I've spoken you realize perhaps you have used a, a chemical sedative as a way of avoiding facing being properly resolved and walking with God you may need deliverance and healing or whatever but it'd be helpful if you said to yourself today I need to deal with that issue it's a problem it's a false peace it's a wrong answer as I'm using a substitute for God in my life it's an idol that's what a substitute for God is would you just say, God, I want to make a change. I, I feel you're talking to me. If you know there's something you're using as a substitute today, why don't you just raise your hand and say, God, you're talking to me about substitutes. It could be alcohol or nicotine or drugs or movies or internet and all kinds of things that people use. God bless, God bless. Father, today let peace come into the heart of your people. Why don't you just, as we finish, with your eyes closed, let the Holy Spirit bring a great peace just upon you. It's connected to your connection with Christ. So in your heart, you begin to see him. And there he is, your friend, Jesus, the mighty one, almighty God. And he's Prince of Peace. When we have him, we have peace.
there a problem outside still? Yes, there is. But inside, I am calm. Father, we just thank you that your peace increase in our lives. Everyone said, Amen. God bless you.